welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you today talking about the words of Christ's chosen leaders. Let's get right into it. Today we are talking about Elder Muir's talk. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Muir's. Muir's? M-E-U-R-S. I'll just spell it like they tell you to do in the temple. <laughs> um, his talk, He can he Could Heal Me, um, from Saturday afternoon session. And I actually had forgotten about this talk. Um, as I was reading through my notes, I, I realized how much I loved it. And I'm excited to talk about it with you guys today. Um, as always, I encourage you to go and listen to and or read this talk before you come and listen to me talk about it so you can get your own impressions and inspirations, promptings, your own questions for your life that you want to ask yourself after this reading this talk and then maybe I can add something to it, um, an experience you might not have thought of or a question you might not have thought of to ask yourself. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, This is all about the atonement and he starts out by talking about the Book of Mormon and the blessing that is to have the Book of Mormon in in understanding the fullness of the plan of salvation and the fullness of the atonement and he talks about at the very beginning very first paragraph he talks about how of the, the promise of the Book of Mormon, the promise that's in Moroni, that if you read the Book of Mormon and then ask God with a sincere heart and real intent, having faith in Christ, then God will manifest the truth of it unto you, right? We know that promise by heart as missionaries. We're, we, we all but memorize it <laughs> because that's such a powerful promise to give to people. Um, and that's something that I came across a lot on my mission, though, is people who are very skeptical of that promise. It's a big promise that if you read this book and you pray about it, then you'll absolutely, definitely get the answer that it's true. And that's a big promise to make to somebody, especially as, you know, a 19-year-old talking to 40-year-old or older people who've been around for a lot longer than you and are just might be just more skeptical and something I think that we kind of overlook when we talk about this promise is kind of the caveats not the caveats but the it's not just reading and praying it's with a sincere heart and real intent and faith in Christ. There's like three, it's not just that you pray, it's praying with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ. And something I also had a lot of, a lot of people asked, you know, well then how did you get your testimony of the Book of Mormon? What was the experience that, you know, that proved this promise to you, basically? And I realized also that for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, it's not a one-time event. Um, 
I personally have never actually sat down and prayed and asked if the Book of Mormon is true. But I've had so many experiences and witnesses to me of its truthfulness, of its of its power and the the amazing teachings that are in the Book of Mormon that like I have no doubt that it is from God. Um and so I to ask, while I talk about this, I want to ask, have you had this experience? Have you knelt and asked with a sincere heart if the Book of Mormon is true? Or have you had experiences where you just have no doubt in your mind? You have very strong faith in this book. Um, because if we're teaching this promise, then we should also either be testing it, right? It's an experiment on our faith, on promises that have been made to us, um, or just aware of the experiences that we've had. I, because, I think it's important because I was asked that as a missionary and I didn't know how to answer. I was kind of thrown off and I was like, well, how have I? Like, why do I know that the Book of Mormon is true? Why do I love it so much? And I very clumsily and looking back, I, I wish that I could have said something different after thinking about it longer after this lesson. Um, very clumsily explained myself, but my experience with this, like I said, has not really been a I kneel and I ask and I have confirmation. It's that every time I open that book, I feel better. I feel more at ease. I feel the spirit. I learn something. I find something that I can apply to my life. Um, just as I feel when I read the Bible, when I read the teachings of Christ, I, I feel their, their divinity. And, um, so this promise is really cool, and I think we should we should talk about it, I guess, more in depth than we do, and then just passing. Oh, read and pray, and you'll get the answer. I think it needs. I think there needs to be. So I want you to think about that. Have you ever had that experience? Have what is your experience with the Book of Mormon, with your testimony of the Book of Mormon? So he goes on to talk about the Book of Mormon a bit more, and about his father who passed away in 2013. Um, when he was preparing to speak at his funeral and he was ex he was so blessed uh, and grateful that he knew and loved his favorite scriptures he knew his father's favorite scriptures and so he was able to like share those at his funeral and he said that he loved particularly this the account of the savior's visit to the people of nephi now this is the third time that third nephi 11 has been talked about in this conference um were what one two three four five six seven nine talks in and third nephi 11 has been talked about three times um the other two were the very first talk elder stevenson and the very and the second talk sister corden both of them talked about third nephi 11 and 
how it was a, a, an Easter story, a testament of Christ's resurrection. Um, and so he talks about, obviously again, how he loves 3511 and some of the things that Christ talked about, taught about, um, and not even just 3511, but on through the other chapters where he's teaching the people in the Americas. He talks about in 3517, um, Christ told the people that it was time for him to go home, to go home to the Father and to do other things he was supposed to be doing. And as he was leaving, he looked around and there were people crying and they asked if he could stay just a little bit longer. And he agreed and he said, "My behold, my bowels are filled with compassion towards you. And so he stays. Um, and this is what Adhermir says about this. He says, I believe that his compassion was much more than response to the people's tears. It seems that he could see them through the eyes of his atoning sacrifice. He saw their every pain, affliction, and temptation. He saw their sicknesses. He saw their infirmities. And he knew from his agonizing suffering in Gethsemane and on Golgotha how to suffer them according to their infirmities. Similarly, when our Savior Jesus Christ looks upon us, he sees and understands the pain and burden of our sins. He sees our addictions and challenges. He sees our struggles and afflictions of any kind, and he is filled with compassion toward us. And I just really loved the way that he put that, that he wasn't just seeing their tears, which of course would make anyone sympathetic, compassionate, right? But that he had just gone through the atonement. He had been resurrected. He had done all the things that, you know, the atonement was complete and he saw not only that these people you know wanted him to stay but things that they were really struggling with things that were hanging on them and this is my favorite thing that i learned about the atonement um i've i've shared this before but i'll share it again i don't think i've shared it very many times so hopefully it's not like a Hopefully you don't get tired of my stories, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So when I got my patriarchal blessing, it was right before my senior year of high school, um, and I knew I was going to go on a mission eventually. Um, it would have been, it would be three more years till I left, but um, I knew I was going to go on a mission. I had a pretty, like, pretty good testimony of the gospel for myself. Uh, a lot had happened in the last few years of my life to, to really strengthen my testimony in God and prayer and the scriptures. And so there's a line in my patriarchal blessing that kind of confused me and like maybe a little bit upset. It says something like, one day you will stand in total awe of Christ and his atonement and everything he's done for you. And at the time, I was a little offended because I was like, well, I know. I know what Christ did to me. Did to me. Did for me. Does for me. Like, 
I I I know I I know the atonement. I I know this the gospel, right? I've read the scriptures. I've been to seminary. Um I was a bit of a know-it-all. Still am sometimes. And um I was well and truly humbled throughout my entire missionary service and since my missionary service, since I've been home, um, that I, I had a testimony of the atonement. I had a testimony of Christ and I had a testimony of God, um, but I didn't have, like I still, I've, I've learned new things. I'm always learning new things. And I've realized that that line in my patriarchal blessing is not a one-time thing. It's not a, it will happen continually and over and over because it has happened continually and over and over and over again. Um, that, that I have stood in total awe of the atonement in my life. And in learning more about the atonement and in growing closer to Christ, I've shared this as well. One of the first things that really humbled me was when I got to the MTC and I realized that I didn't have a relationship with Christ. All these missionaries were saying, oh, I've loved my time here and I'm so grateful for my relationship with my brother, with my savior. And I very honestly could not say the same. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I had a relationship with God and I believed in Christ and the atonement, but I didn't completely see his role in my life. And just like how it all connected. And also in the MTC and as a missionary in the field, this is something I learned really deeply about the atonement that made it so personal to me. Is why Alma 7 is one of my absolutely favorite chapters in the Book of Mormon it talks about this it talks about not only did Christ die for us was resurrected for us overcame death and sin he also felt everything he felt all of our joy all of our pain all of our frustration depression anxiety worry love like he knows us Logistically, I have no idea how that works, right? Like, my mortal brain cannot process that he sat in Gethsemane and felt every single person's whole entire life, right? That just does not compute for me. But he did. And that's part of the atonement is that he felt all of our infirmities so that he can succor us according to our infirmities. He can comfort us perfectly. And that was something that was so comforting to me, still is comforting to me, as a person with anxiety, as a person who has gone through crazy things in my life and crazy hard things in my life. And sometimes seemingly very lonely things that I feel like I am the only person who could possibly understand what's going on in my head. And sometimes I don't even, I don't even understand what's going on in my head. To have the faith that Christ knows, that he felt that, not just what it means to, like, I broke my toe on my mission, 
long story. Darn deacons. I broke my toe on my mission. Not only did Christ know what it felt like to break bones, he knew what it feels, he knows what it feels like to break a toe, and he knows what it feels like for me to break a toe. That sounds really superficial, but this was like, it was an example that I used a lot when I was, when my toe was broken and I had, a, I had a boot on for two months. I would tell people that I would say, Christ knows what it feels like for me to have this broken toe. He knows the anxiety that I have over doctors and like, the, the exhaustion I would feel walking around in this boot, tracting every day, how hot I was in the middle of an Arizona summer, Mesa, Arizona summer, with an extra like boot on my foot that's all the way up almost to my knee, and how uncomfortable it made me, how hard it was for me not to participate in, you know, zone sports and like, he knew all of that. He knew everything that came with it, not just the pain, it was very painful. He knew and he understood the physical pain of it and the physical toll it took on me, but also the mental toll that it took on me as a missionary and as someone who is very anxious and hates like being taken care of and having to ask for help. And like, he knew all of that. He knew what that felt like for me. And that was a game changer in, in understanding my relationship with Christ and his role in my life. Um, he's not just there as my savior, because he is. He's there as a mediator to explain why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. And as my brother, as someone who comes into my life and comforts me and reminds me that I'm not alone that um who loves me who just wants me to be happy and wants me to be the best me that i can possibly be and so i i love that he specifically takes you know a few paragraphs to talk about that part of the atonement because often i feel like we we focus so much on the sins and the death bit, don't get me wrong, those are super important, right? The fact that we'll be resurrected, big deal. <laughs> the fact that if I make a mistake, I can make up for it, big deal. But we talk about those so often, I feel like we kind of neglect the, the, the personal part of it, that not only did he overcome your sins, he knows how to comfort you in any sort of anything in mistakes that you've made in things that people have done to you in situations where you had no control you have been hurt or betrayed or whatever it was not your fault whatever you are feeling he knows that and he loves you despite of despite and because of all of that that is powerful blows my mind every time and now i've been talking about it for like <laughs> all seven minutes <laughs> but that is is my favorite thing because that's something that i can use every single day of my life 
I am grateful for my faith in resurrection because it helps me to know that I will see my loved ones again and that one day I will have my perfect, perfected body back. I love that I can overcome my sins because I am a mis—I am not a perfect person. I make mistakes every day. But the fact that he knows what I'm doing and feeling every day, every day, um, that I can turn to him every day and he'll know what's going on, that is powerful to me when I'm in my anxious head and I can't seem to get out. So my question, have you had experiences where Christ comforted you in a very specific and personal way? It doesn't have to be big. Um, I, as I said, my toe thing, it feels very, very silly for me to say that, but there were several times I got blessings and had experiences where I knew God was aware of me, that Christ was aware of me, and that I was going to be okay. I've had bigger experiences that, than that. I've had smaller experiences than that. I've had, you know, days when, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of a small one. I have them all the time and now I can't think of anything. I have days I open my scriptures and the very first verse speaks to me. Just something small of like, I see you or I love you. Those feel very tiny, right, in the grand scheme of things. But, oh, for example, this is a good one. Um, there was a time when I was on my mission, I had been emergency transferred in the middle of a um, transfer. I had broken a mission rule, and I, that was my punishment, was being transferred. And <clears throat> it all worked out the way it needed to work out. It really did. I was, my companion at the time was, that I got transferred to, was absolutely amazing, and I talked to her to this day. Um, I'm really good friends with her, and she was exactly who I needed at the time. And a couple of days after I got transferred, I was still super anxious, just all the time. We had an entire mission conference. So our whole mission came to a church building and had a conference with a general authority. And I was so terrified because I, I knew that gossip traveled very quickly in my mission. It was a very small mission. And I was afraid that everyone would have heard about my emergency transfer and why I was transferred and all of that. Um, and I just was not ready to be stared at or whispered about, right? And that morning during my personal study, I was studying the Book of Mormon and I still don't remember, I don't remember what chapter it was. But it wasn't even a scripture, it was the scripture, it was a chapter heading. And it said something like, God will smite your enemies or something like that. He'll protect you. I know the word smite was in there because I giggled. And I was like, Heavenly Father, I don't need you to smite them. <laughs> like, that's that's not what I need. That's 
they don't I don't want them to be struck down um but he knew that in my I felt I felt so loved and that feel that sounds so strange right it was something so small um but it was so big to me at the time he knew that in my anxiety state that I needed to laugh that that was one of the only ways he was going to get through to me and remind me that he was there for me was to make me giggle <laughs> and to make me like read something so outrageous that would make me laugh and nobody said anything I don't think anybody had really known at that point anyway but nobody really said anything uh, I mean of course they were all also paying attention to the general authority that was there um, and I don't even think we had like a luncheon or anything after so I didn't have to mingle with anybody or anything like that um, and so he kept his promise he, he protected me through my companion through my old companion her, her new companion through everybody like and I was protected very much so in that whole situation so have, have you had those experiences have you had those kinds of experiences um I thought this talk or this episode is going to be shorter because there wasn't a whole lot that I wanted to like say about this this talk but um I'm at 25 minutes so I have I had a lot more stories to tell I guess um the rest of his talk he tells a story about um he was he and his family were living in Australia and he and his family went out um and then they packed everyone in the car and they went home and he fell asleep at the wheel and got they got into a really bad car accident his his daughters were okay his wife broke her leg and broke her sternum and their five-month-old son um was in bad shape um so they gave their son a blessing and they got them to the hospital and they all ended up eventually recovering fully but he held on to a lot of guilt and sadness um for causing that accident um and for years struggled to forgive himself and to have peace about that event and he said later as a priesthood leader he was helping other people to repent and helping helping them to feel compassion and mercy and love the savior and he realized that that was also possible for him and it's a beautiful beautiful testimony at the very end um you know taking everything that he had just said about the atonement and sharing this deeply personal experience of this horrible thing that happened in his life that he um that he held a lot of guilt and, and sorrow for and that it's not just it's our mistakes it's also our poor decisions it's challenges and trials of every kind um that that the atonement applies to and can help us with so it's a beautiful testimony and it's a beautiful beautiful talk so to recap questions um have you had what are your experiences with the book of mormon and have you had experiences where christ has comforted you in a very personal and specific way um and then for further study 
3511 again listed for the third time and then really just one talk the power of spiritual momentum by president nelson that was from april of last year april of 2022 uh, which i have a podcast episode about you won't find it on youtube um my first season of videos is not on youtube maybe someday i will upload them as <laughs> um podcasts like with just like a blank background or something um but they're not they're not on youtube or they're not yeah they're not on youtube but they are on um my podcast as a podcast episode if you're curious wanting to go back and study those that that talk specifically that's kind of all i've got for you today for this talk but thank you so much for watching and or listening to this episode of general conference conversations i truly appreciate everyone who watches every single person um be sure to follow me on instagram and facebook and you can subscribe here on on youtube or on your podcatcher of choice wherever you find me um like leave a review a comment a message an email i love hearing from people and um it helps me find new people to talk with so all of that will be in the show notes and i'll talk to y'all next time